You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I thought he made really good decisions. He made decisive decisions. He didn't he didn't hold it too long and you know, he didn't wait for plays to develop that might happen, you know, uh, as time went on. He took he took the sure thing when it was there. And uh, then he also did an excellent job. James also did an excellent job on scramble plays, making decisions outside the pocket, whether to whether to throw or run. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Our apologies to everyone <clears throat> for not having the recap episode out on Monday, but David was having to travel for work. He wasn't able to watch the game as it was going on. And by the time he was able to watch the game, I had to go to bed. So our apologies, but Hey, we are here for you now and we appreciate you listening. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I know I did David. It sounded like you did, but shockingly enough, we have a bucks win to talk about. I mean, what what even I feel like Ricky Bobby <clears throat> the first time he drove the car and he's being interviewed and he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> like, that's how I felt all day yesterday. Like, how do you even how do you even act after a Buccaneers win? Because it seems like it has been absolutely forever since it happened. But man, what a game by Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I, you know, you put you put out the poll on the Bucks Nation Twitter earlier in the day or in the weekend you know, asking how everybody's approaching the game. And I, I voted on it and I voted that I always want the Bucks to win. I don't care what the record is. I don't care what the draft position is. You know, uh, I'm a fan of, of football because I like seeing the competition. I'm a fan of a certain team because I like seeing when they win. So that's what I want to see. And when, when the game was over or well, when I got to finish the game, um, I went social media dark for my entire trip uh, just so that I didn't have any spoilers whatsoever. So when I finally finished the game, which is about eleven o'clock at night Eastern Eastern Standard Time, I finally dove into Twitter. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit nervous. It's like, oh, I'm gonna probably see a lot of tweets, you know, uh, about people talking about draft position and, and stuff like that. And surprisingly enough, there I didn't see as many as I thought I would, but there were still some people out there who were kind of at this point more concerned about draft positioning than they are, you know, seeing positive things and growth out of the out of the team and. I know. I think I think it's a little misguided. I mean, it's something that we're all going to talk about in the draft season, and, and we go through it every year. Where you know, like you talk about, had had the Bucks not beat the Saints last year, who they could have possibly drafted, and and so on and so forth. And those are you know fair conversations, I guess, whatever in, in draft season. But it's not like we're going to have an entire roster turnover come next season. Um, we're going to lose some players. Some new players are going to come into the team that we're going to be able to see and, and all that. But you're still building the future right now. Uh, even if you're not, you know, necessarily losing for draft picks, your 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 future is being built right now. The success or lack of success for next season is is beginning right now. If this team is in fact, you know, pretty much dead in the water as it comes to the playoff race, which I know you hate it, but they're not mathematically eliminated from anything yet. Um, a, a win against Carolina next weekend really would would kind of you know help those things along. But I don't know. I, I it's just not. Thing I, it's just not a practice I ever get into, so I was cautiously optimistic, you know, expecting to see a little bit of that uh, entering social media. But 
I was happy um, that I didn't see as much of it as I, as I expected to. Yeah, I mean, and that was something that I touched on in my pick six was, you know, that internal debate that fans are going to have, and it's going to be a conversation that we hear about. You know, I, <clears throat> I ran a poll on, uh, on Bucks Nation, uh, on the Bucks Nation Twitter account, asking how fans were essentially approaching this game. And I asked them, you know, are you, um, yeah, are you always rooting for a win? You don't care either way or keep losing hashtag draft season and always root for a win one with 47%, but keep losing, you know, for the draft came in at 33%. And then people that didn't care either way, they've kind of phoned in the season have been frustrated. You know, that came in at 20%. So I was actually honestly surprised that always root for a win was as popular as it was. And, and I had someone in the comments uh, of, of my pick six, when I talked about, you know, overall, this is, this is probably a meaningless win, but you know, fans are going to, some fans are going to be excited about it. It's nice to, to have that victory Monday. It's nice to have that feeling on Sunday where, you know, you're, you're excited that your team won, but then the reality will set in that this, you know, they're, they now drop to, as of right now, the number 10 draft pick. And someone in the comments said, you know, was it meaningless for the people that paid their hard-earned money to go to this game? You know, is it meaningless for the players in the locker room? And those are fair questions, absolutely. But like you and I talked about, I'm not one to tell a fan how to root for their team. If they feel that for the betterment of the team long-term, it's better for them to lose, that's their prerogative. That's their thought process. You know, that's how they are. I, again, am not one that has ever, you know, actively rooted against my own team, except for kind of hoping that Illinois went winless so they would fire Lovey Smith, and instead he got a two-year extension. And when I saw that, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. But Congratulations, it is something- Coach Smith. Oh, God. How do you get a two-year extension when you've only won nine games? He's 9-27. and 27. Like, how does this happen? Anyway, oh. this isn't locked on fighting Illini. This is locked on box but um yeah that that is something that that people could point back to because honestly david let me say this if the bucks play the rest of the season the way they did on sunday they could easily win you know the majority of the games on their schedule maybe lose to the saints because they just seem unstoppable but outside of that they could beat everybody else on their schedule the rest of the year and finish eight and eight you know, it's it's one of those things that they went up against a third string quarterback. They went up against a team missing their their top two receivers. People forget Matt Burita isn't their starting running back. It was Jarek McKinnon who got who got hurt. So people might look back at this and say, you know what, this this particular game cost them X number of spots. And yeah, it is what it is. But I'm not going to sit there and, and be upset if if one of my teams wins a game, regardless of what it does six months down the line. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be negative or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously happy that the team came out with the victory and, and it was the most complete game we've seen all season, but this was a three, three win team going up against a two win team uh, for a reason. You know, um, I think the Buccaneers are better than their, their record shows. And I think the 49ers in their, in their entirety, you know, with, with their health, with their players healthy, if they had them uh, are better than their record shows, but, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's it's two teams who have, who have not had or have not been able to find their footing in in 2018 and are are severely you know under underperforming their expectations. And a lot of it has to do with injury. A lot of it has to do with some inconsistency. Uh, Marquise Goodwin wasn't playing either. I mean, the 49ers' best receiver on the field uh, this weekend was uh, Dante Pettis, which I was I was a huge advocate of his entering the draft. I really kind of actually hoped that uh, the Buccaneers might draft him. I kind of looked at him as a potential guy, you know, two years down the line who when Deshaun Jackson moves on and you look at, you know, a, a receiver core of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys, and Pettis was really something that looked attractive to me uh, for the future. Not for 2018. Now, don't get me wrong. He he looked good yesterday, and he's he's looked good at, at parts of at times during the season. So you know, I'm happy for him and, and happy for what he's doing. But the, the the Buccaneers are about to face teams that have two or even three receivers better than the 49ers' best receiver on the field yesterday. Um, so you know, I, I'm I'm enjoying the win. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to tarnish it for anybody out there. But let you know, let's let's you kind of go back to 2015, right? And that winning streak and everything. And then after the fact, we all kind of look back and we're like, Oh, well, you know, the Seahawks were, were a little banged up. Oh, the chiefs didn't have a lot of key players. The San Francisco 49ers are not who the San Francisco 49ers expected to be, you know, w- without uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Goodwin again, wasn't playing the offensive line. Hasn't been as well. Uh, you already talked about the running back situation, Ruben Foster getting arrested the night before the game. I mean, you know, that's, that's a key element of their defense gone less than 24 hours before execution. So you can't recover from that, you know, uh, effectively. So again, not trying to be Debbie down or anything, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Panthers. I think the Panthers is really the, the first uh, limits test to see if this squad as, as a whole has really gotten better over the season or if, you know, it was a flash in the pan, uh, no pun intended with the 49ers. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> David, I know we have a couple of voicemails up in the queue, but before we move on to that, of course, we have to talk about our good friends over at my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is incredibly easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. David and I would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. That's why we urge everyone to make their way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy gurus out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when creating your account to claim your dollar-for-dollar bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. David, why don't you bring on that first voicemail question from our listeners who are surely excited about a victory over the 49ers. This is Greco from South Carolina. If only we can play for 49ers for the rest of the year, we would look great. What can I say? Our line did good. Kappa got in there and played. We used Peyton Barber pretty well. Jameis looked like the Jameis we wanted to see. I mean, granted, we played a 
pretty sorry team, but you know, this is how the Bucks are supposed to look. This is this is how we're supposed to be against good teams all year long. You know, no turnovers, actually playing with the lead, using the running back, the line doing their job, the defense showing up, looking stout. You know, what a what a what a great stand at the goal line there. I mean. Wow, we had everybody. All the big boys were in there on that stop. It was pretty amazing. And what else is amazing is Dirk Cutter had a whole lot to say after the game. Like, he was elaborating on all, all the questions and everything like that. I mean, it was like a totally different different team, different day. Well, look, congratulations to the Bucks. It was a good win. I hope we can look like that for the rest of the year. I hope we can look like that. And even better next year. This is this is how it's supposed to be. So congratulations to the fellas. Let's keep it up. Go Bucks. All right. Well, Greco, thank you so much for the call. And yeah, I mean, this is David, this is the kind of performance that we expected out of this team all year long. And you have a team that's just been absolutely decimated by injuries on the defensive side. Even when even when they were healthy, they weren't playing great. But you go down the list of players that that have been missing. You have Vernon Hargraves, Chris Conti, Jason Pierre, Paul went down again against the 49ers. You have Vinnie Curry, who's been out. You have Mitch Unrein, who has yet to take a snap. Bo Allen has missed time. Quan Alexander's out for the season. Levante David has missed games. Uh, Carlton Davis went out yesterday. Uh, MJ Stewart was inactive again with injury. Justin Evans. You know, it's it's a massive, massive list of players that Gerald McCoy has missed time of these players that have missed games or are out for the season that were supposed to be key components on this defense. So when you really go back and you think about it and you look at it, this defense, I mean, I'm not saying that they would be, you know, in the in the the teens as far as their ranking. But if they had remained healthy, they probably would have been at least a little bit better than they have been. They might still be ranked last, but it wouldn't be such a huge gap. Um, but you go through and, and you look at all of this, and they still had a, a solid defensive performance. Jordan Whitehead is rapidly becoming this team's best rookie player. He's been absolutely incredible. He has outplayed his draft position. He was phenomenal in the game yesterday, covering George, or on Sunday, covering George Kittle and, and really shutting him down. He was involved in a lot of tackles. I was more than impressed with what Whitehead has been able to do. So, yeah, it was nice to see this complete game. It was nice to see this complimentary football. And it gives you, again, I, and I, I know this is something that it seems like we say year after year, gives you a little bit of hope for the future, that you see that the talent is there. You see what they're capable of. They just have to put it together on a consistent basis. Right. And and I kind I wrote about this uh a little while back on on Bucks Nation and it's it kind of just brings up the topic of conversation, you know, like what what would this defense have looked like if it was healthy, if it if it had all of its pieces because, you know, uh I, I mean I mean we have we have the Mike Smith conversation and all that, but you know, I mean from from, from day one, this defense wasn't uh, wasn't healthy, you know. Brent Grimes missed the beginning of the season. Kendall Beckwith missed the entire season. I mean, this this defensive unit we we have not in 2018 seen the Buccaneers defense in its its whole form. So, 
that's you know that's rough and and that's i mean there's you know obviously people will say that's just the game dirt cutter says all the time you know nobody's gonna feel bad for them or whatever but uh, I think that's what makes some of these coaching decisions and hirings and firings a little bit more difficult. You know, when you when you look at a team, I mean, last year, basically, the Glazers kind of gave, you know, the coaches staff a pass saying, you know, oh, there was a lot of injuries and then the and, and all the stuff going on uh, with, with James's shoulder and everything. So we'll kind of chalk it up to, man, we just got really banged up, you know, more than usual uh, in 2017. But you can't. Well, I mean, I won't say you can't because you can. I mean, the Glazers can do whatever they want. But can you really come back? for a second straight season and say the same thing, because I mean, if we're, if we're just being honest and we're looking at it in a vacuum, right. If we, if we take this season singularly for what it is and we don't bring in all of the baggage and the emotion and the letdown from the years prior and, and, you know, and all that. Uh, I mean, if you, if you really look at the team, you really do. You see a team not dissimilar to the San Francisco 49ers who had something really good going Looks like on paper they've got a really solid roster going and a good chance based on the competition in their division and their schedule to make some noise. And then they start losing key players, key contributors. And, you know, uh, no no roster in the National Football League is deep enough to withstand losing two or three really critical role players on, on either side of the ball. And, and so, you know, it kind of begs the question that um, I don't know – you know how much that's going to uh, factor into things and and all that at the end of the day, but um, and a lot of it has to do with the with the locker room temperature and everything else. But I mean, it's 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 a fact. It's a fact of the situation. I mean, the the defense is missing a lot of players, and when you see what they're able to do with the young players they have stepping in, it kind of makes you wonder what could this defense be doing if it had all the players that it's missing. David, I'm not sure. While you're recording, of course, we I have Monday Night Football on the television. Lamar Miller just had a 97-yard touchdown run. Not sure how That's, that impacts your your fantasy game, if at all. It but doesn't whatsoever. Wow. I mean, well, it does in the fact that the guy I'm playing against has DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm beating him by like 60 points. So uh, I don't, I don't, DeAndre's not going to have a 60-point game, so. Uh, not now, not with Lamar Miller running 97 yards for a touchdown. Holy cow, what a what a run. Good for yeah. Lamar Miller. I always liked him. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I had to throw that in there because that was that was a heck of a run by him. I'm excited when he does well. Um all right, David, before we we get to our second and final voicemail here, um, I know you're suffering a little bit. And I'm suffering a whole lot of it, especially today when uh, it was about 30 degrees with gusts of wind up to 25 miles an hour while raining. Um, yeah, it was not fun nice. to be outside. It's it's getting very cold. And I know for you in New York, it gets very cold. You've had issues with snow. And there's a great way for us to deal with the uh, with the cold and keep ourselves warm and comfortable this winter. And that is our friends over at Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to that 
in heated car seats. I love my heated car seats. They make me so happy. <laughs> they can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you are wearing them. It's a holiday season. Everyone's been going crazy with the Black Friday shopping and the Cyber Monday. And Action Heat is perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anyone that just loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Just plain and simple. I hate being cold. I hate it, David, so much. So if I'm on your your Christmas shopping list, you need to check out our friends at Action Heat. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released this winter season. Their clothing provides toasty warmth, comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. We have a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything that Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on. Use coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. David, let's get that second voicemail in and we will get out of here so that we can both enjoy more of Lamar Miller's greatness. What's up, boys? It's Tyler from Boston. I uh, just wanted to say that it was a good win yesterday. Uh, I understand it's the San Francisco 49ers who aren't exactly world beaters, but I feel like this is the most complete team win that we've had all year. One where the offense did its job scoring points and limiting the, the uh, turnovers. I don't think we had a turnover. Um, the defense got a couple takeaways, and it may have bended at times, but it didn't break. Uh, the, the special teams got it done. The kicking got it done. Uh, everything. It seems like we uh, we were really rolling. And I just want to know, like, do you think that we can look forward to maybe more wins like this? Maybe we're getting on a maybe we're getting our act together, or um, is there anything that we could still improve on? Thanks. Well, Tyler in, in Boston, I'm sure you could use some of the, uh, the action heat clothing. There's still plenty to improve on this team. You know, one, one game does not a season make. And although it's, it's nice to see the improvement. It's nice to see the complimentary football. It's nice to see them go turnover free while getting two takeaways on defense. There is still plenty that that they can improve upon. I don't think Deshaun Jackson is going to be here next season, or I would say the connection between Jameis and Deshaun needs to be worked on some more. Um, but frankly, I, I think it's just not going to matter. You saw the right side of the offensive line even before DeMar Dotson went out, that right side is just absolutely terrible. Yeah, and I love DeMar Dotson. I think he's a fine football player, but Caleb Beninock is not good. Then they replace him with Alex Kappa, who was even worse. Then you bring in Leonard Wester, and that made things even worse. Um, you know, the, the the offensive line needs some massive improvement. You still need 
improving uh, on the defense. You still need improvement at corner. You still need improvement, you know, at I, I actually I don't think you need improvement at safety at this point. I like Justin Evans and I like Jordan Whitehead and I think they're going to be darn good football players. And and they're both just so incredibly young. Evans of course in season 2 Whitehead, it's his rookie year. I think safety is fine, but you still need help at corner. You still need help uh, along the defensive line because, you know, the although they got a lot of pressure against the 49ers, we've seen stretches where they've gone, you know, two, three, four drives without getting any pressure whatsoever on the quarterback. Maybe things have finally, finally clicked with Vita Vea because he looked dominant yesterday, and, and he wasn't going up against any, any slouch, um, you know, in – against San Francisco. So, yeah, I mean, uh, be excited about the win. Be excited about the direction that see, that things seem to be going. But, yeah, there's still plenty of work that needs to be done on this football team. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much hit all the bases. I, I agree with everything you just said. You know what doesn't need improvement? Cairo freaking Santos. Um, <clears throat> I could stand to see a couple kickoffs make it to the end zone here and there. hey. hey. He even had a touchback yesterday or Sunday. <laughs> All right. And I'm not worried about touchbacks. Just make the freaking field goals, which he yeah. does. He is perfect as a Buccaneer. Oh, Cairo Santos. I'm going to buy your jersey. No, you're not. Something about his kicks, though. Like it looked like they move so slow through the air. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Weird, but it whatever. works. Yeah. Take I was going to say whatever works, man. I had, um, Brian, who used to write with us over at the Pewter Plank, he had he had tweeted to me. Yeah, of course I do the Bucks Nation Twitter account during the games. Uh, had a lot of fun with all the the office gifts. Ran a poll to see what people wanted next week. We're doing Parks and Rec gifts against the Carolina Panthers, so that should be fun. Um, but after every every Bucks touchdown, I would always say extra point pending, extra point coming up. Um, you know, things of that nature. And he finally tweeted, he goes, I don't think you need to say it anymore. Like Santos has been fine. And I replied, I said, you know, until he makes all of them for like every game, the rest of the season, and then gets re-signed and is their kicker next year. I think I just have to, at this point, like it's so ingrained in me that it's not a sure thing. And, you know, even, even some of the great kickers miss the extra points. Now it's, it's never a guaranteed thing, but you know, I don't want to jinx it by assuming it's automatic at this point because Santos has had two perfect games. Um, yeah, there it's still that that thing I'm just gun shy about, and I think a lot of Bucks fans are are that way. We've been snake bitten, and uh, Evan pointed it out on the on the DEA podcast that although the Bucks kicking woes have been bad, they're still not Los Angeles Chargers bad. Like that team. They're even worse with kickers than than Tampa has been. They, I think he said they've gone through seven kickers in the last two seasons. Nuts. And one of them was Aguayo. Yeah. All right. Well, David, any closing thoughts before we get out of here and let people enjoy their Tuesdays? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll make sure that you're continuing to send in your voicemails to 813-444-5841. And of course, if you hear your voice on the show, that means you are entered in to win that autographed Quan Alexander jersey at the conclusion of the Buccaneer season. Make sure you're checking out everything that David and I are doing 
on BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.